This is Wednesday Night Bible Study here at the Pine Little Pentecostalist Church on this January the 4th, 2023. Our CE Director, Reverend Mac Perry, bringing the message this evening, Resurrection of Jesus, Go Tell. Here's Brother Matt. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. Thank you for being here. We'll continue in our study in the book of John, uh, chapter 20. Uh, tonight we'll be re uh, reading uh, 17 through 19 of chapter 20. Uh, tonight we'll, it's a continuing the study of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I've titled the message tonight, Thinking About 2023. And I'm thinking about uh, what uh, our main mission is as Christians, and I think about what um, <clears throat> uh, Jesus told Mary, go tell, go tell the disciples. So the message tonight is go tell, and uh, we'll talk about that a lot tonight. Uh, but first, uh, before we go to prayer, Brother Farrell, I'd like for you to come up, and uh, you got a, an announcement to make about our Sunday night. I don't have a mic for you. Come here and stand right beside me. Stand right close to me with your microphone. And I'll just talk to your microphone. How about that? Does that feel too close for comfort? <laughs> Starting Sunday night, Sunday night at 6 o'clock, I'm going to be teaching on the doctrines of our church. And uh, we have a book. If you'd like to buy the book, I'll be using quite a bit of material from this book. Uh, the book is $20, but I called the author of the book. And uh, he gave us a deal. They're only $15 each. Miss Millie's up here on the front row. If you want to get one, you're certainly welcome to. It's not required, but it would give you um, material to read between the preaching and teaching that I do on Wednesday night. I'm sorry, Sunday night. So those books are up here. Miss Millie's sitting right there. She'll write your name down. Brother Mac, I'm going to make an executive decision right okay. here. Is that all right? Go ahead. Um, the $15, if you, you want to go ahead and get your book tonight, we're going to trust you because y'all are holy people of God. And uh, you can just put your $15 in the offering at some point. I'll mention it and bring it up and uh, remind you of it. But you can just put your money in the offering. Just mark it for the book. And we'd appreciate that so much. Was that good? That's, That's good. good. That'd be good. Am I okay, Joey? I, I'm, I was trying to stretch it over there, and I've got it all out of... Uh, anyway, I think it's fine. All right, good. Uh, let's uh, first uh, open up with uh, prayer. Uh, a couple of good news announcements. Uh, uh, still some ongoing uh, things that we need to be praying about. Uh, uh, first of all, with Noah Hayes. He did come home last night. Uh, he had no concussions, no nothing broken, and no internal bleeding, anything like that. But they still have to find out why he had, he passed out or had a seizure. So continue to pray for Noah. A uh, young man is uh, Scotty Hayes' uh, son, if you don't know who he is. Also, my brother, Connie Perry, uh, he had open heart surgery, triple bypass yesterday. And the, new, the update today is he was sitting up today. And actually, they got him up and took a couple of steps. So thank God and uh, praise God for that. Yes. So let's continue to pray for those two. And also, let's continue to pray for Brother Bill Thornton as he goes through his cancer treatment. 
and also Sister Pauline. Let's continue to remember her as she's going through a lot of health trials at this time. Do you have someone tonight that you'd like to raise your hand and, and uh, let us know that we need to pray for them also? Just raise your hand. Is any other outspoken? Stand with me as we pray tonight. Please pray with me. United together for 2023. Reaching the lost. Touching those that are in need, that have needs. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. First of all, we praise your wonderful name. Thank you for this opportunity to study your word, Lord to build our faith, to encourage us, to strengthen us, dear Father. We thank you for your words, Lord, that, that give us that strength that we need every day, Lord. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for this church, this gathering of fellowship that you give us each, each time we get together, Lord. Lord, we ask that you bless each one that raised their hand tonight. There is a special need there, Father. We know that you know each one, Lord. Touch them, reach them, Lord, and then the special needs, Lord. We know that you love us all, dear Father, and want to bless. Bless Noah and Connie and Pauline and Bill, dear Father. Be with each one of them and all the others, dear Father, and be with me as I present your word tonight, Lord. Touch me, dear Father, and strengthen me to send your word and your message, Lord, that it be about you, dear Father, and open up our hearts and minds to receive you, dear Father, and love you more than ever before, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit with us, Lord. We need you guiding us and leading us. Thank you for the word of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, dear Father. Encouragement and strengthen us, dear Father. All the witnesses that were there, dear Father, that saw and understood, dear Father, we thank you for that, Lord. And tonight, Lord, be with us as we go forward this year and do your work and will that everything that we do, we bless someone in your name and in your glory. In thy name we pray, amen and amen. So uh, reading in uh, chapter 20 of John, verses 17 through 19. 17, uh, continuing uh, as we, uh, I'll refer, I'll review real quickly is that Mary uh, heard her name called by Jesus and she's standing there with Jesus uh, in the tomb. Jesus said unto her, touch me not for I am not yet ascended to the Father. You know, uh, if this, when the secular mind or the physical mind reads that and they don't know much about the Bible, they can get a true misunderstanding of what Jesus was saying there. And I want to talk about that. Uh, touch me not. Uh, you know, that, that can send uh, the wrong message to someone that is not trying to really understand what Jesus is saying there. And I'll talk about that. Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And in 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. And in 19, then the same day of the, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, being basically closed and locked, and I'll talk about that, when, um, where the disciples were assembled and fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst 
and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Bless your word, dear Father. Let's do a quick review first. Uh, last week we talked about, I, I, I titled the lesson, or um, maybe two weeks ago now, well, it was last week, wasn't it? I can't remember. Go, go tell. I mean, last week, <laughs> last week was, uh, last lesson that I taught was, he was he's alive, he's alive. So uh, the excitement that was in Mary's heart is what we uh, talked about a lot. And when you look at verse 16, when he called her name, she understood who it was. She recognized uh, that Jesus was standing before her. Before then, when the first time he spoke, she was very teary-eyed and very, uh, you know, her eyes were glossy and she didn't really see him. She didn't see him, but as soon as he called her name, she knew who he was. Isn't that wonderful? I talked about that last lesson about how wonderful it is to be able to hear Jesus call our name. Isn't that a wonderful thing to call our name? It'll bless you spiritually. So as soon as Jesus called her name, uh, she recognized very quickly. And uh, as believers, we should do the same thing as we're in prayer and reading his word and recognize what Jesus is saying to us. And I talked about that. Uh, you know, I thought about the excitement that Mary uh, must have felt at the time when uh, she first recognized it was Jesus. You know, she was very sad. She was hurt uh, based on all the things that happened to him. And, and uh, I can't even imagine the excitement that was in her heart at that time. Uh, uh, but, you know, there's no doubt in my mind, I think about some of the things that were rushing through her mind is that she knew now this was Jesus, that he's alive, as I said last time. And she realized that, you know, she is not some kind of vision that, you know, he's standing there before her and she talked to him and that he was not dead and that he was alive. I think about that moment and realize how Jesus is alive and how, how we can feel that way. I mentioned that uh, in the message last time that, you know, when, G when we accept Jesus and Jesus comes into our hearts and we understand that He's alive, He begins to live in us spiritually. He guides us, leads us, touches us every day. And that moment, uh, I can imagine, was, was a great moment for her, just like it is when someone is saved. What a great moment. So I, I started focusing on He is alive. And, uh, you know, I thought about... Uh, when he was physically alive here on earth, the battles that he went through. I mentioned that what stood out in my mind and came into my heart was about six major battles. And I give you those battles because I think about how they encourage us and strengthen us. And I'll go through them real briefly again tonight because I want to mention them, that Jesus... God's son went through the same type of battles that we go through. As I mentioned, the devil tries to destroy us. He thought in a physical body he could destroy Jesus. He went after Jesus. Shows you how really, I'll use the word as a kind of a word that we use today. He was stupid. <laughs> but he didn't have much sense in a way because he attacked God's son. But he didn't know. He didn't understand. The battles will bless us. And clearly the devil was out to destroy him. The first thing I think about, the first battle um, was about when, he was, a, when uh, uh, he was a baby, when he was a child. Uh, the uh, the uh, um, I'm sorry, I, my brain went uh, blank there for a minute. But the first major battle was when 
the uh, King Herod, that's the name I'm looking for. King Herod sent out a decree to have, have all the children killed. And, that, and the intent was to kill the baby Jesus. Guess what? Satan lost because an angel came down, as the scriptures tells us in Matthew 2 and 13. The angel came down and told Joseph to take the baby and the mother away from there. And they were saved by that. So God was in control. Satan lost. In 2 Matthew 4, also in Mark and also in Luke, uh, the, the temptation in the wilderness that we all know about, the 40 days. The, Satan attacked Jesus and this is the way he attacks us at our weakest moment. He had been fasting for 40 days. He was weak in the flesh. He was weak in the flesh and the devil thought he could, you know, tempt him and, and, and bribe him and offer him things and, and, and put trials in front of him. But guess what? Satan lost. Satan lost. And then the third thing I, talk about, I think about uh, uh, that I shared with you was at Gethsemane when sa Satan was counting on knowing the suffering that Jesus was going to go through that Jesus being in the flesh would not be able to endure that flesh, uh, fleshly hurt and pain and he would give up. But he didn't. Satan lost. Also at that same time, time Satan you know, had one of his uh, disciples, Peter, to cut off the ear. Could have been arrested, could have been killed at the time. But guess what? Jesus put the ear back on and, and Satan lost, lost again. He continues to lose. And then the fourth time was when Jesus endured the uh, cross uh, and the whipping and all that. And when he was on the cross, he thought for a moment that he was alone, but he wasn't. He didn't give up. He still held on. Guess what? Satan lost. The reason I went through all these and then there's several more is Satan is a loser when it comes to Jesus Christ. And as Christians, Satan is a loser. And I wanted to emphasize that as long as we have Jesus Christ living in our heart, this is why he give us the Holy Spirit to strengthen us and guide us. You know, not only did Jesus, as I closed uh, last week, it was important to realize for us to realize that the disciples saw Jesus and met Jesus and were witnesses to Jesus, but also there was over 500 people that saw Jesus. I told you in 1 Corinthians 15 and 16, there was over 500 people gathered at one spot that saw Jesus uh, uh, during the resurrection or after the resurrection. And I think about, I ended with, John's writing, the Apostle John writing about his own personal experience and his own witnessing of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I, I, I'm going to read it again to us tonight. It's so heartwarming and touching to hear from an eyewitness that our Jesus is alive. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. That was which was formed from the beginning, which we have heard, and he's talking about the disciples, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, Jesus appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship 
is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write, the, we write this to make your joy complete. Isn't that a powerful message? Now, some of those were the words of interpretation, but that's what it basically says in 1 John. If you ever get discouraged, go read 1 John 1, 1 through 4. Also, Luke wrote his personal testimony. Peter, John, James, Apostle Paul, they all wrote their personal uh, uh, account of what happened that day. Eyewitnesses. Thank God for Mary. God chose Mary to be the first witness. It was an honor to her and an honor to women in that that day they were basically degraded in every way, but God showed his love toward all people that day. He showed his love in proving Christ was alive. And that's what I ended with last week. So looking at tonight's uh, message, uh, Go Tell, when I look at verse 17, um, it captured my heart in several ways, these several verses, and it uh, put some thought into my heart about some things that I hadn't thought about lately, but um, as I'm pastor, you planted some seeds of uh, in my heart uh, with your message Sunday about going forward in 2023 uh, about the Jesus that we love and serve and we need to be going to tell somebody about Jesus. And I, as I looked at this and thought about it, I, first I'd like to, well, let me read real quickly verse 17, my words. It's basically, touch me not. What he means on, to me, what it means to me and, and what I believe he meant is do not hold on to me physically. He's saying, for I have not yet returned to my father. Go instead and, and, and go to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father and to the God and our God and your God. First, I'd like to mention that what Mary experienced still continues to get into my heart and my spirit that she experienced the resurrection of Jesus Christ firsthand. And I think Jesus knew her excitement as soon as she found out uh, who he was, the natural tendency for a human that's excited is maybe a hug or maybe a, a, a love, a way of loving someone. And Jesus knew that Mary may do this. So Mary, uh, Jesus immediately let her know that, uh, you know, he would be leaving her uh, in a physical sense is what he's talking about. So what Jesus knew is that soon he would be sending the Holy Spirit. He would form a new relationship with Mary and with all of us and everyone. And it was not a physical relationship. It was a spiritual relationship. It was soon to be, out, uh, soon to be like the old saints of old used to say, the, uh, you know, the, the Holy, pouring out of the Holy Spirit. They pour out the Holy Spirit. And that's what God was going to do. So Mary's love for Jesus, her gratitude, her faithfulness, her loyalty would now transfer from a physical sense to a spiritual, is what he was saying, to a new covenant of, of God, a new relationship with God. Uh, and it's a spiritual relationship. Mary would have, a, in a personal sense, a presence 24 hours a day. 
every day, just like we can have today. And that's what Jesus was explaining to her in his wording. While she would no longer have a physical experience, she would continue daily to have a spiritual presence. Uh, You know, I think about uh, uh, how we, in, in layman's term, can cling on to hold on to him every day. And that's what we have to do. We have to make an effort to do that. And I believe that that's that's when the Holy Spirit will bless us when we do that. You know, I think about the blessings of the Holy Spirit. It is truly um, a miracle uh, that uh, for us as believers, you think about the gift. What a gift. What a gift. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But I, I get excited when I, in my spirit when I think about the, the, what he did for us and he, what he did for me. I take it personally that he loved us so much and that we can feel his presence every day now that he can be with us. Verse 18, Mary I went to disciples and did exactly what she was told to do and that she went and told them uh, that Jesus was alive. Jesus had resurrection. And you know what? Had resurrection. So she did her assignment, which I, I looked at it and the word great commission came into my heart when I think about Mary going and telling the disciples, going and telling someone about what happened. And she did exactly what she was supposed to. We as Christians supposed to do the same thing. Go out and tell someone. Tell them about, uh, you know, this is the central truth. This miracle of the resurrection, the greatest thing that ever happened on this earth, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, is the central truth of Christianity. It's what we're all about. And we have eyewitness to the central truth. Many eyewitnesses. So we should be going out to tell someone. And the disciples, I believe that they received this message when they heard it, when she told them. They a new excitement came in the heart. You know, they were sitting in a locked room fear with fear in the heart. They were sitting with fear in the heart. And now they find out Jesus, Mary tells them, and, and you know, I think there's several things that they got excited about, not only that Jesus is alive and that uh, he's resurrected, but he called them brother. Jesus Christ called them brother when you look at the word. And this is especially, especially exciting for them when he said he's going home to be with his father. He's going home. So when Mary first reported that to them about him going home to be with his father, his God and our God, you know, I, I believe at that time that the disciples were still in the flesh and uh, still in their fleshly thinking. And they didn't quite understand what that meant. Did that mean that he was going to leave immediately or he was going to stay around a while? Uh, so they didn't quite understand that. They just knew that he had resurrection, resurrected. But guess what? We know the next 40 days proves uh, that uh, they were precious days, wonderful days, and they spent those days with the disciples and many others. So uh, they would soon find that out. And let me tell you what happens in verse 19. On that evening enough, the first day when they had gathered together. So, so it's past the weekend and it's somewhere around Monday, Monday time frame, Tuesday time frame. Jesus uh, uh, <clears throat> visited them and the, uh, John lets us know that they were behind locked doors and they had fear in their heart. Jesus came among them and said, peace be with you. You know, the first thing that popped in my mind when I thought about their fear and them being afraid there in that room, I think about 
I, I went back to John 7 and 11 when Jesus was about to leave. Uh, I'm sorry, John 17 and 11, chapter 17, verse 11. Jesus asked his father, uh, uh, give a, uh, a spe- give us, uh, asked his father in a special prayer to protect his disciples. Do y'all remember that? I believe it's because Jesus knew that the Sanhedrin would go out and try to find them and kill them and destroy them. Uh, so Jesus is holy prayer that night in, um, in verse 11 of chapter 17 was protect them, Father, in the powers of your name and your name that you gave me. You know what? That also, uh, again, validated to me calling out the name of Jesus is power. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we should always remember that. that but the disciples were human. They had fear, fear in their heart. And um, uh, they had not at this time experienced the Holy Spirit. They were still being led by their weakness. But let me tell you this. This is the exciting part I wanted to get to tonight. They would soon learn about the Holy Spirit. And over the next 40 days, they became fearless. They became fearless even when standing before the Sanhedrin. Let's go to Acts. In uh, Acts chapter 5, 27 through 30. This will stir your heart. This will bless you. This will bless. You're talking about people like us that was locked in a room fearing for their lives. And then once the Holy Spirit came down and filled them in that upper room, listen, listen, this is what happens afterwards. In verse 27, and when they had brought them, bringing the disciples, and they set them or stood them before the council, the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly, meaning we told you clearly, we, we made it a point to let you know that uh, you should not teach in this name, in Jesus' name. And behold, you, you have fi- uh, filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. We need to fill pine level with God's word tonight. That came into my heart as I read that. And filled, uh, you know, filled uh, Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And then listen, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God, hallelujah, rather than man. We ain't listening to you uh, sinners. We're not listening to this world. We're listening to God. We're doing what God told us to do. We have something to say. We got something to go tell about Jesus Christ and the resurrected God. Hallelujah. He went out. They, they stood up. And listen. And then the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. He's, they're letting Sanhedrin know who Jesus was. And whom ye slew, uh, slew and hang on the tree. They were now fearless. They were bold. 
Hallelujah. They had the power of God in them. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, dear Jesus. They had the spirit of God in them now leading them. And that's the change. The change that this world needs is that spirit of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They became fearless. And when I think about God's Holy Spirit filling someone, I thought, I went through many things in my heart, not only in the Bible, but I thought of saints of old and the saints that blessed me tremendously in this church and saints that uh, by, by praising God, I, I went through a lot. But this one probably stood out to most to me. And again, this is powerful. Again, this touched this touch my heart. I believe it has touched you. And uh, Jenny, I'm gonna now go to Psalms 16, 7 through 11. You know, when I think about Someone at the point that they were the closest to God was David. Well, you know, David the psalmist, David the king, David the man of God, David. What a powerful man. And I'm going in 16, read verses 7 through 11. I will bless thee, Lord, who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night, in the night sessions, seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoice. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Hallelujah. Verse 10, For thou wilt not leave me, leave my soul in hell. And neither, listen, Prophecy, neither wilt thou, uh, wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. This is talking about his son, Jesus Christ, God's son. David had a vision and a prophecy to know and have understanding that the holy one wasn't gonna remain in the grave and go through all that. He was gonna be resurrected. He was not gonna go through all that corruption. Hallelujah. And in verse 11, thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness, hallelujah, of joy. At, that, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I'm going to give you Mac's version of what I just read to you from Psalms. I'd like to point out these things to you that touched my heart. You let these things sink into your heart as a Christian. First, he says, I see the Lord always before me. So he knows God is always with him, with him, leading him, guiding. You can feel his presence if you allow. And then he said, oh, uh, because he is my right hand. He's taking his hand and leading and guided him. All we have to do as, as David did lead. Next thing, I will not be shaken came into my heart. He's fearless. He's bold. He wants to tell somebody. He wants to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. He's telling us how much he loves him and how much he guides him and, 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 and that he is his guiding light. He's the path that he's going down. And then he says to me, therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. So what's in our heart, the love, the peace, the joy of Jesus Christ is gonna come out 
of our tongues. And we want to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. That's who, what uh, David is telling us in here. Telling me in my flesh. Even today in this old flesh. I can have rest. I can have hope. I can have peace in Jesus Christ. That's what David is saying to us today. My body also will live grave. Not leave my soul in hell. What a wonderful thing. We're not going to go to hell. Hallelujah. We're going to go live with him. He's gone. God has his son up there with him and making a place for us in heaven. Hallelujah. And nor will you let your holy one decay. I want to keep bringing that up because hundreds of years before the, the death and resurrection, the crucifixion and resurrection, David had the heart and mind of God. He had the heart and mind of God. The presence of God. The spirit of God was with him at a remarkable level. Hallelujah. He was filled with God. And he says, I saw the Lord always. So everything about him, wherever he went, whatever he said, whatever he did, was about his about the Lord, about God. The Holy Spirit guided David and enabled him to see things in the future, understand things in the future. And also, you know, as I think about us today, we sometimes are confused. If we are confused, we need to be reading this. It's clear. The Word of God tells us what's going to happen and where we're going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word of God will give us an understanding of the future. And the Holy Spirit will lead us and help us to make decisions in the future. Hallelujah. As I start to conclude, I had to change that wording. I had to start, as I start to conclude tonight, I want to conclude with Luke, a word from Luke and his writings on an event that happened on the day of resurrection. If you look at Luke 24, it was such a long uh, verses, 13 through 35, I decided not to read it, but everybody knows about the road to Emmaus. The road to Emmaus from Jerusalem to Emmaus was about seven miles. And that before that evening, when the disciples all met in that room, that locked room, where they were hiding, Luke, Cleopas, and an unnamed friend was walking and talking for about seven miles down the road uh, to Emmaus. And they were talking about and discussing what the events that just happened that weekend. It was heartbreaking for them. They were sad about that weekend. And it was all about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and all that happened to him. Jesus came up and began to walk with him. And when you read verse 16, Luke lets us know that uh, Jesus was not identified to them at the time. They did not know it was Jesus. So they shared with Jesus what they thought was a stranger walking with them, what they understood about the Passover events or that weekend events, including the news. They shared that with Jesus about the woman that told him he had been resurrected, that the, he was missing from the tomb. So it was obvious from, for Jesus to understand that they were not understanding what really happened and what why the crucifixion? I believe it was clear that Jesus knew that. So he began to talk to him. 
He even rebuked them, was what the word tells us in Luke. Gently. He rebuked them gently to teach them. And what he rebuked them for is basically saying, you didn't listen to the prophecies. Do you would understand what, you know, has happened and why I had to go through what I went through? I think about us today. Us today. The same problem exists today. We, you know, the world does not understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ is. And that there's a basic question. Why was the question you get, well, why was this sacrifice necessary? Why was the beating necessary? Why, you know, that's the kind of question you may get from a sinner. Why did he go through all what he went through? The answer is simple. The answer is simple. To save us from sin. To save us from sin. All sins. The most worst sin in the world. And when you look at the word sacrifice, yeah, think about the definition of sacrifice. It's to suffer a loss, to surrender, to give up something of great value for to achieve something of even higher value. So Jesus made the supreme sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, and he did it all for us. And when I thought about that, I thought about in Hebrews 9 and 22, when he said, without shedding the blood, there is no remission or there is no forgiveness. So it was all about shedding the blood. The blood at the cross is why we can be forgiven. You know, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. I think about, uh, you know, the understanding to help people, you know, that we can give people about what Jesus did for us. Why he did it for us? I know he loved us. I know he loved us. But also, God hates sin. God hates sin. Sin separates us from God. God don't like that. He made us. He loves us. He don't want us separated for us. So he give us the best that he had. Hallelujah. He give us the best that he had. He died for me. He died for you. He went through that, shed the blood. The blood at the cross was for us, for each one of us. If you don't know him tonight, hallelujah. He loves you no matter what you've done. He gave the ultimate sacrifice just for you because he loved you. The debt is paid. Hallelujah. The debt is paid. And as I end tonight, I still want to say it one more time. The greatest thing that ever happened on this earth, the greatest miracle was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Go tell someone. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, in 2023, I think the prayer for me and I think for all of us as a church is God, give us the boldness. Give us, make us fearless fearless when it comes to the things of this world and that we go forward, hallelujah, and bless people by sharing who Jesus Christ really is. He loved us, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for being here. You know what, I feel like ending at the altar tonight. Hallelujah, would you come forward and let's pray together. Pray together, God give us strength through your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.
The Pine Level Pentecostal Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.